Board member Teresa Ruiz will be leading it. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, roll call, please, Steph. Okay, good evening. Um, Board Member Sue. Here. Board Member Ruiz. Here. Board Member Cisneros. Here. And uh, President Hom. Here. Yes, and we have uh, three absences this evening. Thank you. We excuse absence, but we do have four board members here, so we do have a quorum. So that's wonderful. So, um, any agenda changes? This may not actually be an agenda change, but uh, I did speak with staff about this for item 5A. We have um, basically three annual reports for our review, and we have a different staff presenting on each item. So, suggestion is for us to take each one separately, uh, take public comments, and then we can, you know, provide or, or comments and if we want an endorsement separately for each one. So we'll handle it, handle it that way. So um, at this point, we're, we're still at the non-agenda public comments portion. So anyone who would like to speak on an item that's not on the agenda, uh, it's open to the public for comments for three minutes apiece. So staff, do we have anyone in the audience that submitted a speaker's card, anyone online? I don't see any hands raised and there are no speakers in person. Okay, great. And then uh, we do not have any consent calendar items on tonight's agenda, so we'll move on to item five, which is the uh, annual reports. So the first one we'll be considering tonight for review and comment uh, by the planning board is the annual report on the general plan and housing element. So um, staff, presentation. Yes, good evening. I'll wait for the slides to come up. Um, I'm Steve Buckley, the planning services manager, and I'm here to present the first part of this evening's uh, annual report um, on the general plan and housing element. Um, and then we'll have uh, two other staff members uh, presenting the remainder of the material. Um, there we go. So um, the general plan, as you know, uh, was and the housing element were adopted um, back at the end of uh, 2022. Um, and um, so we've had uh, a full year of uh, uh, implementation and engagement on that, the two um, documents. The general plan, this is the outline of the general plan, uh, includes uh, seven chapters, um, six sort of you know, content chapters, um, covering land use, uh, urban design, um, conservation, climate action, mobility, open space and parks, health and safety, and housing. and. Um, Overall, um, you know, we're sort of implementing the general plan pretty much every day. Um, you know, these, these elements and these policies and, and programs um, are integral to how the city operates, um, how the city council sets its 
uh, strategic plan priorities and budget priorities, how uh, Parks and Rec and Public Works and other departments sort of go about their business. And so um, I don't have really much to say about the general plan implementation per se, except um, you know we've we sort of pick off different parts of it, like the zoning obviously was re-adopted uh, with the general plan. So that's mostly taken care of. Um, you'll be hearing more about the conservation um, and uh, climate action uh, and mobility uh, this evening where there are specific implementation plans that are also being um, you know, followed. And then, um, as I said, Parks and Rec, you know, we, we have a, a number of programs that are underway with the Swim Center and uh, Gene Sweeney, and uh, we'll also be looking at um, uh, urban forestry plan and other things that are all sort of integral to how the city operates. So <coughs> with that, uh, um, I'm just gonna move on to the housing element, which is much more sort of how the planning department um, and the planning board are, are specifically engaged. Um, with the housing element, as you know, um, we had the prior uh, housing element with its uh, regional housing needs allocation um, there on the first column. And um, you know the city was successful in building a, more housing than was allocated last time around in the prior element. Um, although, as with most cities in the Bay Area, um, we, we came up a little short on the actual affordable component of that. Um, and so um, in the new housing element, we have about three times as much of an allocation um, and about three times as much affordable housing to build. So it's quite a challenge. Um, and uh, I have to say 2023 has been a slow year for housing production. Um, so as you can see here, um, we're supposed to be building on average about 670 units a year, um, at least entitling, permitting, somehow getting those things going. Um, yeah, we didn't get close to that. Um, but we see uh, you know, increases on the horizon. Uh, we've got a bunch of projects that were entitled. Um, we've got the reshape and midway projects. Um, we've got another project coming in at um, the uh, Alameda Landing um, and we've got the Pennzoil project, which is under um, development in terms of grading and you know site prep utilities. So we, we're hopeful that um, this year and next will actually be um, banner years for housing production. And so we're hoping that uh, in the next report we'll uh, we'll have better numbers for you. Um, but um, you know we're we're working with um, also a, a larger planning framework. We've got. Uh, priority development areas, transit priority areas, and other, other things that we're sort of tracking and, and qualifying for um, more housing uh, funding as well. So infrastructure, transportation, and housing are all kind of interrelated here. Um, so um, as with prior years, you know, we, we need to produce more lower income housing. Um, <clears throat> Some of the things we're working on are um, to revisit the, um, well, sorry, let me back up. So we, we did do some things to facilitate more housing, um, objective design standards and the subdivision ordinance, which you're familiar with. Uh, we also uh, got the North Housing and Webster Street permits uh, approved. So we've got some uh, transitional housing going. 
Um, we are taking the reshape development agreement amendment to council uh, next week. And um, we've got uh, the McKay Wellness Center started. So in fact, we, we have a lot going on. It just doesn't quite show up in the numbers yet. Um, and so what we're doing to keep that momentum going is uh, working on the inclusionary ordinance, um, possibly uh, looking into the short-term rental issue, um, and um, also the universal design ordinance update, which is really aimed at, at the townhouse development that I think um, there were some issues around. Um, and, as, and then there are some other things that are kind of in the program um, that uh, you know, we'll, we'll try to uh, work in as, as staffing um, and budget allows. Um, but we think that you know, certainly the inclusionary ordinance update will be uh, an important move to uh, make sure that we're capturing as much um, affordable housing um, as we can, even as there's market rate development happening. Um, so with that, um, I'm open to any questions or suggestions you have um, about the general plan and the housing element. Thank you, Steve. Um, board questions? Board member Ruiz? Thank you for the presentation, and I understand um, 2023 was challenging year financially. It's not for the development sector, and it's not just in Alameda, but throughout the region as well. So um, the uh, lower numbers of production units, I mean, it's understandable. Question for you um, is on program number 15, um, let me pull up, where it says the, um, we're gonna contact the property owners that, units, that have units at risk of converting to market housing. Um, do we have any properties that expire in 2023 or are about to expire? Um, no, we're actually just completing the other annual report that goes to the state, the, the APR that's filed with uh, the state. And uh, I don't believe there are any um, properties that are actually at risk. Okay, thank you. So we're taking questions now, comments well, later, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, just questions right now. Then we'll open up for public hearings and comments. Um, any other questions? Okay. I, I do have one question, Steve. Um, thank, thank you for mentioning um, the, the items that are going to be further worked on this year. Um, I guess my question is, what will be the role of the planning board on those items? And then there's also was another item that was mentioned that was going to be studied this year, and that was the affordable housing bond. So can you give us a uh, update on that mm -hmm. yeah actually uh, so on the inclusionary ordinance um, I'm going to be putting out an RFP or um, you know looking for consultants um, in March and uh, hope to get that rolling um, I've got a sort of a rough draft of a work program uh, that um, my intent is to try to get that you know at least back to the planning board um, within say six months and hopefully to the council by the end of the year. Um, and um, so I'll be looking to establish a, a working group um, of board members um, and um, other department um, staff to um, guide the consultant work. Okay, okay. And is that gonna be the case with the other items you mentioned or, or 
Um, we're, we're, I think we're focusing on the inclusionary ordinance first. first okay. um, it sort of it, it dovetails a little bit with a couple of tangential issues like density bonus. Um, and uh, so we don't want to we don't want to overcomplicate things or or take on too much. So I think we're going to start with the inclusionary and see where that takes us. Okay. Yeah. And kind of uh, building off of what Portman Ruiz was saying, you know, the obviously the real estate market is, is in a soft period, to put it mildly. And uh, but and but you mentioned there was a number of residential projects in the pipeline. My understanding is the economic conditions are not necessarily going to improve this year unless interest rates really fall and finance becomes a little bit more easy. So based when talking to the developers with entitled projects, are you or are they talking about moving forward with construction of the units this year? Yeah, yeah, actually okay. and, and we just got a new application in um, last week, so uh, for a fairly large project. So I think there's still interest in at least Entitling some of that land, mm -hmm. and then there there are folks who are actually pulling permits or, or okay. intending to. Okay, uh, that's good news. Uh, just have one small question. Uh, first of all, I saw that we had a fair number of ADUs produced, which is wonderful to hear. Um, the one program that always seems to struggle is the first-time home buyers program. Um, how many do, do you know? How many first-time home buyers were able to enroll this past year? I'm just kind of curious, because only because I know it's is a challenge for a lot of cities, given the high land, high cost of single-family homes. Do you? Have yeah, that? I actually don't know. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll look that up though. No problem. Yeah, just wondering. Um, okay, if not any, no other board comments. Open up to public comments. Uh, staff, do we have any speakers on this item? I don't see any hands raised for the general plan housing element. Okay, okay, wonderful. So at this point, I'm going to open up to board comments. Oh, Vice President uh, Cineros. Um, awesome. Uh, thank you so much for the work put into this report. Um, and uh, in spite of the economic conditions, I'm really excited to see all the great work that you, the staff, have been um, putting forth to um, give the city of Alameda the enabling conditions to allow for more housing production, more development, et cetera. So um, just um, congrats on all the great work. Um, I think I have three comments, um, one kind of global one and then two, they're kind of questions, so sorry. <laughs> question slash comment. So um, the, there, we made like very specific commitments in the programs that were like time bound. Like, for example, Program 16, the first time home buyer program, um, will have materials and post that to the city's website by May 2023. And then, you know, uh, Program 13, tenant protections, um, will do um, beginning in 2023 workshops between landlords and property managers, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, I'm just, uh, I don't know if I'm being too nitpicky here, but for me, I think it would be helpful to just, for transparency's sake, um, state in the report those timeframes that we committed to and then our progress towards those um, commitments. 
so that's just one kind of global one. Um, and then my other question slash comment is, um, I did the math in um, the original housing element, table one, the quantified objectives um, for city of Alameda programs, and that showed 560 ADUs over eight year time period, so about 70 ADUs a year. I think in the uh, report it said like 50 ADUs a year. It doesn't really matter. The point is that um, I think the number's a little bit off, so maybe double check that. And then I think there was some pushback originally about how that was really ambitious because I think historically, like it was like two ADUs a year or something like that. So I think that's like really exciting and something worth elevating because we were like close to 50 ADUs in this, according to the report. So I think we should like demonstrate that we're on track to, to make that progress. And then um, my last comment slash question, um, the housing bond, I'm, brought, I'm glad um, President Hahn brought that up. Um, in the housing element, I think it says that we would do um, recommendations this year. Uh, I do want to caution that there is going to be a regional housing bond in fall of 2024. So I would be concerned of confusing voters if there's going to be two competing, like a local bond and a regional bond, we want to like maximize <laughs> our dollars as much as possible. So um, maybe the conversations could start this year, but have that more geared towards next year or something like that. So um, those are all my comments. Yeah, those are good points. Um, other board members, oh, board member Ruiz. Thank you. Um, just a few comments. Um, Thank you for prioritizing program number seven. And I will also ask that we kind of um, put program number 11 on high priority as well as that's a resources for persons experiencing homelessness. I know we build the um, um, temporary supportive housing or transitional supportive housing in um, right next to the COA. Um, but for some reason, I feel like I've kind of seen an increase of homeless act homeless um, activities in the northern waterfront, and including uh, some fires by Jin Sweeney that was caused by um, homeless encampment. So we really need to, um, so that, that building belonged by, to um, Caltran is burned, obviously. And so it creates some public safety issues, so we really need to, I would like to see us put that as a higher priority. And um, another comment is um, program number 17, with mention of um, vacancy, vacancy tax. And um, what I, the feedback I've received when I, you know, just having conversation with um, real estate colleagues is when you couple vacancy tax with um, rent control, it would choke the supply. So just in the study, make sure we do our due diligence and see if that really, because it reduces incentive for um, real estate investment. So just make sure we do our due diligence doing that research before we implement anything. Okay. That's all I have, thank you. You're welcome. Board Member Sal. Yeah. Um, thank you for the report. Um, I just have one quick comment um, and just coming to this all new, it's love how comprehensive it is and how much progress you guys are making. Um, I do like on page six to seven here how you you know call out you know whether or not you've received any SB 35 or SB 9 or SB 330 applications, and 
you know, um, the state continues to adopt new legislation every year to try and streamline things. And so I think, you know, as those go into effect, I believe like AB 2011 went into effect last year, like continue to tra track those. And I know that really, that one at least specifically matches up with, with program uh, three, the upzoning of the commercial corridor. So hopefully you'll, you know, there'll be some more encouragement there of, of people trying to pursue projects like that. Um, so thank you. Okay. Yeah, I just had a couple of comments. Um, first of all, I thought the report was very good. I like that it's nice and concise, and you can quickly, you know, get get a sense of, of what staff is working on. And I know you guys are very busy, so that's wonderful. Um, I, I do endorse, and I think there's there's something that's been mentioned by board members previously about needing to take another look at the inclusionary housing ordinance. So I applaud staff for making that a priority. Um, the other item that I mentioned was the one regarding uh, first-time home buyers programs. Um, it would be good to kind of take a look at that program and see if there's some alternative solutions. I know cities are really struggling to find different options like a community land trust or you know, working with Habitat for Humanities or some other uh, foundations and partners that can maybe bridge the gap and find some alternative options for um, home buyer assistance to increase uh, home ownership. So that might be something staff might explore. I, I'm not familiar with the current program is, but, but I know that cities struggle with, because of the really high cost of buying a house, you know? So that's something that maybe is, if, if it's not, if we're not having a lot of uh, takers to kind of reevaluate a bit. Otherwise, I think the this report is a very good report. So I think at this point, I understand that at, you know as a minimum, you just need comments. But or, but I also see that you're asking the planning board to endorse this uh, this report, right? Yeah, we would like to uh, take okay. it to the city council with your endorsement. Okay. So with that, uh, I guess entertain a motion. There's, we need to make a motion for this, okay? Well, sure, yeah, that would be well, great. Well, I, I think we, I thought we normally just comment and just. Well, well, that's why I asked because I saw in the staff report was comment, and also asking the board to endorse, endorse the, the plan. Yeah. That's oh. what, that's why I was asking. Mm -hmm. So just by unanimous consent, it's uh, accepted as uh, your annual report, and we can forward it to the city council. Why don't, why don't we just formally do a motion just to have it on record? I, that's what I was just suggesting. Are you guys okay with that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, sure. I will make a motion to uh, uh, endorse and send the uh, general plan annual report uh, to the city council. With our comments. With our comments. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I second. Okay. So moved by uh, board member Sal, seconded by board member Ruiz. All in favor? Aye. Aye. And then there's no no's. So, uh, okay, thank you on that item. So we're moving on to the next item, which is the, I guess, a series of them, a series of plans that are all connected. The Transportation Choices Plan, the Vision Zero Action Plan. Um, yeah, so I think those two plans. So, okay, there you are, <laughs> okay. Welcome and look forward to your presentation. 
Thank you. Good evening, President Hom and planning board members. I'm Lisa Foster, acting transportation planning manager for the city of Alameda. And I will give the transportation annual report, um, which shows our progress on city goals related to safety, mobility, equity, and mode shift. So our primary safety goal for our transportation system is our Vision Zero goal of zero traffic fatalities or severe injuries by 2035. Sadly, last year, three people died and six were severely injured in traffic crashes on Alameda streets. Um, if you look at our rolling five-year averages of traffic fatalities and severe, images, severe injuries by mode, you see that um, Beginning with our 2015 average, the general trend line for people walking, biking, and riding motorcycles is heading down. Although um, the pedestrian line has kind of flatlined in the last several years for averages, um, this happened during a time when uh, pedestrian fatalities nationwide were spiking. So in some ways, we're, we're contra trend, just holding steady there. And concerningly, beginning with that 2015 average, the, um, the averages for people dying or being severely injured in motor vehicles has been heading up in that time. As of 2022, the city's rate of traffic fatalities and severe injuries per 100,000 population was lower by 50%, 54% than the rate in Alameda County and 66% lower than California. The 2023 data isn't available yet for the county or the state, but I wanted to include it for the city of Alameda so that you can see that it did go down after going up with the pandemic for a couple of years. And we have been busy making the city better and safer um, on our streets. And last year, safety improvements came to 3.4 miles of roadway and 20 intersections, um, including 3.3 miles of new bikeways. And I am going to move quickly on these slides. So if with any of these, you guys want me to come back and go over some of the details, I'm happy to do that. We also um, completed extensive public outreach and concept designs for major street projects that city council approved last year including the Lincoln Ave, Marshall Way, and Pacific Ave project, Grand Street project, which has a raised two-way cycle track uh, as part of the approved plans, and the Clement Ave extension and Tilden Way project. We also prepared um, to, did everything we need to do to be able to launch our estuary water shuttle service uh, this summer. I, yes, the, the big yellow boat is, um, makes us all smile. <laughs> it will be a two-year pilot with free service from Bohol Circle Immigrant Park to Jack London Square. Uh, and among the accomplishments we did last year was working with our public and private partners to purchase a pontoon boat named Woodstock. <laughs> Uh, we also expanded our free bus pass program for low-income seniors and people with disabilities by 140% last year. Um, and it, we now provide passes to over 800 residents who took an astounding 164,000 rides last year. 
they are moving around. Um, we did face some constraints last year. We always face constraints, but we had a particularly hard year for staffing with up to five engineering vacancies in the public works department, uh, despite multiple recruitment efforts reflecting a regional and possibly national uh, trend of having difficulty finding transportation engineers. And midway through the year, we also had a 0.7 FTE deficit on our transportation planning team. But I am really happy to report that we did succeed in filling some of these positions. In September, our new city engineer started, and then with three new assistant engineers start in January this year. And then just recently, city council approved a budget adjustment that will eliminate that transportation planning staffing deficit. And then, of course, we had a few things we had to pivot with last year. The Central Avenue project um, received funding for a third roundabout and for flood management elements, which was great, but also meant that we needed further design and another round of Caltrans approvals. The estuary water shuttle, we were not expecting to have to purchase a boat. Um, and so that we thought we were going to be able to buy a service, uh, but there was no boat in the area that could work. So that was unexpected. And then the Grand Street project needed a new community process. Um, other constraints that we always face, funding, uh, outside agency approvals are sometimes needed, and just generally, these are big, complicated, multi-step projects that have, always have unexpected elements. Uh, with that said, um, in 2024, we have a big slate of construction planned. We've already started construction on two Cross Alameda Trail uh, projects, the signals along Ralph Alpizado Memorial Parkway, and the um, Clement Avenue project with the two-way cycle track and traffic calming elements. Um, and then we do expect to start construction also this year on a couple of other elements for the Cross Alameda Trail. Also, you know, after, for the, after 10 years of planning and winning $15 million in grants for the Central Avenue project, we do expect construction to begin this year. We also have construction on several other projects that we we'll, are planning to start. And we not only have the rather comprehensive report that we provided, but we also have a lot of information on our web pages. And um, we really do use our mailing lists. So we encourage people who are interested to join our mailing lists and they can always email us at transportation at alamedaca.gov. And I will stop there. Okay, thank you for your presentation. So at this point, uh, just council, not council, a board member questions? Oh yeah, board member Sal. Thank you for the presentation. Um, I just have one quick question at this moment is, um, I see here that there's going to be consideration to bring a potential uh, or charging for parking at the seaplane and Harbor Bay Ferry Terminal. And I'm not sure, did they used to charge for parking or kind of what is the impetus for kind of doing that now or studying that, I suppose? Sure. There has not been paid parking at our ferry terminals yet. There have been 
you know, it, it's been in plans to do that since at least 2018, if not earlier. We just haven't started. We were ramping up to do it uh, in 2020, and then things changed. Um, so the, it is part of the City Council strategic plan to do that. Okay, thanks. Mm -hmm. One member, Louise. Thank you for the presentation. I'm really excited to see the progress that we have done and more to come. Thank you. Um, question on um, page 14 regarding the, um, what does it say? Um, Cross Alameda Trail, Gene Sweeney Open Space Park Trail Connectors. I thought that was completed in 2018. Was this a different connector? Because it was listed completed last year. So on the report as con um, We have four uh, new connectors planned to open through the Gene Sweeney okay. Park to access from you know midway through the park. Right now you're pretty limited in the locations that you can get onto, onto the park and onto the Cross Alameda Trail there. Okay. So two in the north and two in the south. Got it, okay, thank you. Sure. And uh, Vice President Cineros. Yeah, um, thank you so much for the comprehensive report. Um, and all the great work um, that's been done. Uh, I'm curious for the federal grant, if there was like feedback as to why um, that wasn't received and uh, when would that next be open and uh, your confidence in pursuing that again. Thank you. Um, so sh she's asking about the uh, Safer Streets, Safe Streets for All uh, federal grant program that we applied for $20 million for the Lincoln Marshall Pacific project and we're not successful last year. Um, we did get feedback. Uh, I, I would say that our, our, the biggest count against us that was that we're in California. Uh, only seven projects, my understanding is only seven projects got implementation funding in California as part of this program. Um, you know, Oakland also didn't get their, their grant. So we got um, some good feedback on ways to strengthen our proposal. Uh, and basically things we were doing anyway, which is get a little further along on our uh, design pro design work and be able to give more concise um, uh, estimates of the costs. And so we, what we're planning to do is, is add more information to, to that um, proposal and resubmit for this year and, and um, fingers crossed. Mm. It was, they did tell us that it was a good proposal and we were quite competitive. Interesting. I have a lot more questions. <laughs> I'm gonna pause <laughs> that. I'll, I'll follow up with you afterwards. <laughs> like, thank you. Yeah, we, it's a, we're a populous state and that yeah. kind of counts against us. Mm -hmm. I just had one kind of broad question. First of all, I thought the reports were excellent. Very good, yeah. very informative. I actually enjoyed reading them. Um, um, I'm tr trying to, I'm struggling a little bit about relationship between the different reports. Um, I see the transportation report is about infrastructure and that's, that's good. And then the Vision Zero report is, uh, is goals and you know, kind of higher level. Mm -hmm. And then the active transportation plan kind of covers the same subject, but it gets into more measurable, um, you know, prescriptive standards. And then I, then there's a transportation, I'm waiting. What's the relationship between those two plans and why are they two s separate plans rather than, say, you know, integrated 
because it seems like the uh, active transportation plan kind of is like an implementation plan of the Vision Zero plan. But anyway, just just general question about. Those are great questions and observations. Um, in, in some ways, the active transportation plan is part of implementing this Vision Zero action plan. Mm -hmm. The Vision Zero action plan, although it does have a lot of actions on its own, it is, you know, at its heart a prioritization document and a and a setting of a vision. So, because you know, Vision Zero is about all modes, so it does include people in motor vehicles. The active transportation plan is only focusing on on people using walking and biking and using micro mobility devices, uh, etc. So it's, it's like a subset of, of mm. the traffic safety efforts that would be part of the Vision Zero. Um, we actually did the Vision Zero action plan and the active transportation plan with the same consultant contract. Uh, we did the Vision Zero action plan first and then the active transportation plan. Um, there's an argument to be made that we should put those two reports into one. Mm -hmm. um, we're, we're open to ideas yeah, on that. Yeah. It's our first year doing the active transportation plan yeah, yeah. metrics report. I know that would take some time, but it just seemed like that might be a logical mm -hmm. thing to integrate mm -hmm. them together, having the goals and then the uh, trans active transportation plan as a kind of implementation piece. Anyway, um, that, that was really my only question. So at this point, uh, are there any uh, public comments, staff? Yes, we have one hand raised so far. Denise Trepanier. Okay. Denise, uh, you, you have three Good minutes. Planning board members, can you hear me? Yes, hear you fine, thanks. Great, thank you. Um, I'm calling on behalf of BikeWalk Alameda. I'm the board president. Um, and I wanted to elaborate on a few points uh, from the letter that we submitted on this agenda item. If you clicked on the link to our project tracker that we included in our letter, you saw that half of the CIP projects planned for 2023 were delayed. To get us back on track, one suggestion we have involves the plans for neighborhood greenways. The 2024 work plan drastically scales back what was called for in the active transportation plan. Instead of converting all slow, all slow streets to neighborhood greenways, which is what was planned for 2023, this 2024 work plan proposes converting only one of them. We're assuming that that would further push out the remaining slow street conversions and the building of the remaining neighborhood greenways, um, which are key components to our low stress backbone, which is also planned to be done by 2030. So, um, and this network is really critical for us meeting our climate and vision zero goals. Um, what we would propose instead is complete all the slow streets conversions this year and implement the balance of the neighborhood greenways next year. If we don't do this, then we should probably have a conversation around which of our safety and climate goals we're going to um, punt on because we can't ex expect to meet the, the goals of those plans if we're not um, implementing them. Um, the 2024 work plan has a lot of really good stuff in it, but we're sensitive to the fact that much of this is catching up on last year's delays. We understand there's been some recent hires that will improve the staffing issue, but um, I think it would be good to understand if, if staffing is sufficiently resourced now, why are the planned projects getting further delayed? Where's the plan to make up the work? Is there anything else that's needed? 
Until we see projects being delivered on schedule per our adopted plans, we're gonna to continue to ask you and the rest of our city leadership to figure out what's causing the shortfalls and do what's ever necessary to get us back on track. We can't afford to miss our safety and climate goals. Thank you. Okay, any other public comments? There are no more speakers. Okay, I guess uh, staff, did, did you wanna respond? You don't have to, but did you wanna respond to the public comment uh, in any manner? Sure, you know, we appreciate the detailed feedback that Bike Walk Alameda has given in this in this letter, and you know this is why we go through this process, um, is to get priorities from our community and and hear from our planning board and our transportation commission uh, before we go to city council, which all happens before they do their mid-year budget review. Um, so that the priorities in there can can influence and help them with their decision making for their mid-year, excuse me, mid-cycle budget update. <laughs> um, and the you know the work plan that we created is right sized to our our current staffing, and has maybe a little more room for those pivots that we talked about. <clears throat> Um, so we, we do feel more comfortable only promising to, to do one neighborhood greenway. We would, if we wanted to try to get more going this year, we would probably need, you know, more, more resources to make that happen. Um, or another thing would be to say, you know, that's a bigger priority than something else in our work plan and take something off our docket and, um, so that we could prioritize that. And I do want to clarify, she was saying all slow streets. The slow streets that are slated to become neighborhood greenways are Pacific, San Jose Avenue, and Versailles. And then there are some neighborhood greenways in our plan that are not current slow streets. So um, just to clarify that. Okay, okay, thank you. Um, I think with that, open it up for board comments. I mean, I do want to address a little bit about, you know, the work priority. I feel like um, we're going to rely on your expertise to balance um, different sectors, different aspects of this plan and not just focusing on one aspect of it. So I, as much as I appreciate the detailed feedback that um, Bike Walk Alameda give us, I think ultimately it's your department. You know your resources. And I, I feel like the plan is pretty well laid out. And, um, you know, I think your department should prioritize based on the resources you have. Okay, thank you. Any other board comments? Okay. You know, I just have a couple of comments, just endorsing. First of all, excellent report, like I said. I really enjoyed reading both of them, or is it, what's three? I can't remember, <laughs> but anyway, I, I really applaud the increase in bus passes. I thought that was very impressive. You highlighted that in your presentation, and I thought that was wonderful, because I think there's been discussions about needing to increase uh, you know, bus transit for residents, so that was wonderful. I also um, really endorse the emphasis on the various street design projects that emphasizes pedestrian bike safety. To me, I consider that priority. 
um, uh, given I know we're doing a good job, but we can always do better in that area. So um, not just about bike safety, but just making the community more uh, pedestrian and bike uh, friendly is really important. I also like the fact that there's a couple of trail projects that are being scheduled. That's always very positive. Um, and I also really appreciate, I know it's because of COVID, but to see that the ferry ridership has gone up is, is really positive. Any kind of form of alternative transportation is, is really positive. And the final point I want to bring up, and this really gets emphasized in the uh, active transportation plan, is the focus on equity. There are a number of areas where, where there's a conscientious policy look and, and performance measures that really look at creating equitable solutions for residents. So I like that, that the equity has really been built into the transportation plan. So I think that's really good. So I think with that, um, I guess take a motion to, to endorse this plan. Um, I'll move to endorse a plan for city council's approval. Okay, but with the board comments, right? With the board comments. Yeah. Okay, thank you. A second? I second. Second by board member Ruiz. So all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? No. So thank you very much for a wonderful report. Thank you so much. Okay, on to the third annual report. Last but not least, the let me read the title to get it correct is the uh, Climate Action and Resiliency Plan and the Climate Adaptation and Hazard Mitigation Plan. Good evening, President Hom, board members. I'm Danielle Mueller, Sustainability and Resilience Manager for the City of Alameda. <clears throat> and uh, recently, maybe since I last saw you, relocated to the Planning, Building, and Transportation Department. Um, so I'm really pleased to be here tonight to present to you our 2023 annual report and 2024 work plan. Oh, I have the clicker. <laughs> Look at that. Um, as you know, the CARP was adopted in 2019. It has goals of reducing our citywide emissions by 50% below 2005 levels and achieving a net zero emissions as soon as possible, as well as adapting to climate change. Uh, our emissions come primarily from transportation, but also from natural gas use in buildings. And that is a result of the fact that we have 100% clean energy from AMP. Um, all, of our, um, all of our emissions come from fossil fuel use. Uh, the plan focuses on uh, clean transportation, clean buildings, carbon sequestration, waste reduction, uh, adaptation um, with a social equity lens. And this coming year, we, well, we have started um, doing a five-year update of CARP. CARP calls for an update to be presented to City Council after five years. Um, so we are updating our greenhouse gas inventory for the year 2022. That's underway now uh, with a consultant um, that was selected through an RFP process. We're going to be evaluating our past uh, CARP performance and updating the plan's vision and strategies and objectives. Uh, we have um, extensive community engagement plan, and then we're going to really focus on some um, action plans or implementation plans for the next five years of CARP, really trying to um, scale up as much as we can um, what we can do to achieve our, go our goals. 
Just want to note, it's not a full CARP update. It's a mid-cycle adjustment and review. Um, so I'm just, in this uh, presentation, just going to highlight some of the areas of focus um, from the annual report. Um, we are also working this year on an urban forest plan. It is underway. Um, it's an update and expansion of the 2010 master street tree plan, and it's going to include park trees as well as thinking about the city's over, uh, citywide uh, tree canopy um, that includes public and private trees. Um, CARP has a goal of increasing uh, trees by 350 trees per year. We have um, achieved net increase of 677 trees since 2019, so we're not quite meeting our 350 trees a year goal. Um, we have had a lot of tree removals, but we are planting about 350 trees. We just also remove a number of trees. Um, the plan is going to be out for public review in um, later this year. We'll come back to you with the details of that plan um, in the April-May timeframe, and then we're seeking council adoption in fall. Um, since Lisa focused on, um, on mode shift strategies, I was just going to focus here on the electric vehicle um, adoption, which is going quite well. Um, we have 6.8% of registered vehicles in Alameda are electric, which was only 2.3% in 2017. Um, and overall, we have over 2,200 uh, new electric vehicles since 2017, but excitingly, 4,600 4, fewer gas-powered vehicles. So we're fewer vehicles, more EVs. Um, we are also going to be working this year on public EV charging. We have an RFP that was out um, last month where we're looking for an EV pr uh, charging provider on public parking lots, and um, we will hopefully have some good news about that soon. Um, AMP continues to offer a lot and very generous rebates around EV adoption. Um, so EV charging rebates in residential, multifamily, and government businesses. Um, they offer a, an e-bike rebate, which can be layered on top of an Alameda TMA rebate. Um, and then they also offer a rebate for used EVs for um, vehicles up to $40,000 purchase price. Um, so there's really a lot of options, and, and folks are really taking advantage of those rebates. Um, on clean buildings, as you know, we adopted an equitable building decarbonization plan in January of 2023, um, which we are working to implement. City Council and uh, also adopted a new buildings electrification ordinance, and in 2022, they expanded that to include substantial remodels and additions. However, you may, be, may have heard that there was a court case against um, City of Berkeley's um, ordinance, and uh, our belief is that our ordinance is also no longer enforceable, um, especially on non-city-owned properties. Um, so that's an unfortunate setback and something that we need to, to think about going forward. Um, overall, natural gas use is up. Um, it's, it's actually down in the, in the residential sector, gas use is down, but it is going up in, in the commercial sector. Um, and AMP also has rebates for uh, building electrification um, appliances, and they've issued a number of those rebates in the last year, um, as well as for 
well, they don't have rebates for solar, but we are doing quite a bit of solar installations as well. Um, this is just, there's a lot of rebates in the building electrification space. Um, it's a very rapidly shifting environment, I would say, and that there's a lot of people who are trying to get in and try to move the market. Um, so AMP has rebates. Uh, Bayren, which is a program of ABAG, has, um, a, they have other rebates, but in Alameda, we're eligible only for the, um, the energy efficiency-focused rebates. Um, Tech Clean California also has rebates, and if anyone is following those rebates, they have um, wiped out, they're gone in the PG&E territories. However, AMP has a different pot of money. Rebates are still available for AMP customers uh, from Tech, and there is a 30% federal tax credit available that goes, and all of these can be layered. Um, so it's, it's not easy to figure out uh, switcheson.org does have a really nice website to help you figure out how you can put all those pieces together. Um, we are planning a home electrification fair on March 16th. We invite you all to come in the public. Um, we have, uh, we're working with CASA and Citizens Climate Lobby of Alameda County as well as AMP. And it's going to be at Faction Brewing, so that should be fun. Um, and we're going to have a lot of uh, uh, organizations that offer rebates as well as contractors, technology providers, um, and so it should be a, it should be a nice event the afternoon of March 16th. Um, I apologize for the formatting of this, but um, I just wanted to focus a little bit on our sea level rise adaptation work. As I think you know, um, staff-led um, development of the Oakland, what's now called the Oakland Alameda Adaptation Committee. Um, and we're coordinating across the Oakland, Alameda area for sea level rise planning um, and projects. And we've um, really been meeting, very successfully meeting with uh, quite a large group of stakeholders, um, both from city, regional, state, federal governments, as well as community partners and members of the public. Um, so it's been a really nice collaboration and I think we've been making a lot of progress. Um, we received uh, grant funding in this last year for three um, sea level rise adaptation projects that are, um, the funding has come to the city of Alameda, but it's being managed on behalf of the Oakland Alameda Adaptation Committee. Um, so we are currently, just finished the existing conditions report and are starting to look at um, alternatives um, for three projects. We have, we're doing a long-term plan for the entire subregion, so all of the Oakland Alameda shorelines, thinking about what that might look like um, in 2050 and 2100 and what, what the options are and best uh, kind of best practices. And then we have two specific projects. One is around the Oakland Alameda estuary on um, both the Oakland and Alameda sides around the Posey-Webster tubes. Um, and that is going to be developing about 10% level of designs in this coming year to bring to city council for um, for recommendation. And then um, we are working on a Bay Farm Island adaptation project that's really focused on the northern shoreline of Bay Farm Island and particularly the, the Lagoon Outfalls and the Veterans Court area where we have the earliest flooding on Bay Farm. But we know we really need to have a, a longer term solution as well for the northern shoreline. Um, the next step on that project is that we just received approval from city council last month earlier this month, um, 
to apply for a $55 million FEMA uh, FRIC grant to advance that project through uh, to finish design and into construction. Um, that project, we partnered with the city of Oakland and the Port of Oakland. Um, and because the flooding is so interconnected there, we really um, put together a package of about six projects that includes um, Doolittle Drive, enhancing the Arrowhead Marsh there, um, providing some flood protection for the Columbian Gardens neighborhood, which is in Oakland, um, the, the lagoon outfall, the, whole northern, the northern waterfront, and the Veterans Court. Um, so we packaged that all together. And um, we think we, we have good chances because um, the Oakland Airport is a community disaster resilience zone, which FEMA is prioritizing for funding. Um, so we're hopeful about that. Um, so for 2022, 2024, um, going backwards, we are planning to complete our greenhouse gas inventory and um, the CARP update, and as well as complete our urban forest plan, um, expanding the, the EV charging network, continuing to implement the building decarbonization plan. Um, the zero waste team is working on increasing compost application in the city in alignment with SB 1383 requirements. And they're also updating our zero waste plan. We're gonna continue those three sea level rise adaptation projects that we discussed. They're all um, due for, um, or the grants all end in 2025. So we'll be making some good progress on that with um, outreach planned, the first round of outreach planned this year in May. Um, and then uh, there is work underway on the uh, master plan for DPAVE Park for this year. And I just wanted to highlight some ways that folks can stay in touch if they want to track this work. And I'm happy to take any questions. Questions from board members? Board member Ruiz. Thank you for the presentation. And um, just a quick question. Yes, I heard about the Berkeley lawsuit, and I was hoping you can shed a little more light on that. Does that mean our entire ordinance was not enforceable or just parts of it? Um, we believe that the entire ordinance is not enforceable on non-city-owned property. On non-city. So any kind of private. Got it. Okay. Um, and then question on, hang on a second, page 11 on item number eight, the um, Bay Farm Island Adaptation Project. When is, is it going to come through the planning board? And if it's so, when? It will come through the planning board. Um, I have to check the schedule again, but I think towards the end of the year. Okay. Thank you. Those are my questions. Any other board member so? Thank you for the uh, presentation. Um, I was just curious if you have any idea um, why commercial use of natural gas has increased. Um, I think it was over the last couple years. I just interesting to see that. Um, I, I don't know for certain. I, I wonder if it's the type of commercial properties that or commercial uses that we have in Alameda with labs and that kind of thing. But um, I, I don't. I'm not able to break that down any further. Yeah. Any that, yeah, it's interesting. I, I think kind of your mentioning of labs is, in my experience, sometimes there are, if you're talking like the life science R&D space, there are types of uses where they just, they have to have natural gas, they can't have electric. So that, that kind of makes sense. Okay, thanks. Any other comments? I just have one really 
minor comment. <laughs> First of all, um, I thought the report was really well written. I like the graphics. You know, I'm a graphics person, <laughs> so I like all those charts. But uh, on page 29, uh, on zero waste diversion, it's mentioned that diversion rate is 81%, which is wonderful. And then I see the chart on, probably I'm getting confused, um, chart on page 29, and it seems to indicate for 2022, you know, the breakdown between disposed and diverted waste when the blue and the orange, that it looks like it's 50-50. So what, what, I know there's an explanation, so I'm not I understanding. I actually had the same exact question for the zero waste staff, uh -huh. and um, this is not my area of expertise, but what I was told is that there's a difference between what ACI themselves are reporting, gets collected versus disposed, and what CalRecycle reports, and, and somehow the math and how the way that they report it is different. Um, but our official diversion rate is 81% okay. that our city uses. So what might account for the difference? I'm, I'm not sure. I have, okay. to, I have to get okay. back to you on okay. that. Yeah, it'd be nice to clarify yeah. that just because it's a little glaring when I see that it suggests 50-50, but we're at 81%. Yeah. You know? I suspect the 81% is the more correct rate that you need to report think, to the state. I think the other thing, now that I'm remembering, is that... Um, it include one of them includes like construction and demolition and and kind of all this other waste that gets generated versus what an individual household generates. I think might account for the difference. Okay, but okay. I can clarify that. Okay, okay, thank you. Um, uh, President Hom, yeah. I have a follow up question based on that discussion. Um, but Alameda is um, under waste management and not under ACI though. Oh, we're under ACI. We're under ACI? Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Not nice. You were trying oh, to figure out. I got it confused. The other jurisdictions, waste management, and we're under. Got it. Okay. Okay, board member Sal. I just one um, on the electric uh, vehicle charging. You know, I see that, you know, we have plans to expand public charging. Does the city have, um, I'm sure it does, but I just wanted to check. Does the city have requirements under its parking code for developers when they build new projects and sell parking to have some percentage has to be EV. And I'm sure that's yes. probably like a building code, reach code requirement, right? There's a building code requirement. Uh, our zoning ordinance also has requirements that go above and beyond, at least the last version of the code. I know the code continues to, uh, to evolve. Um, but yes, we do have those requirements for new buildings. Okay, if there's no further questions, uh, staff, any public comments, speakers? Uh, no speakers. Okay, no speakers. Thank you very much, oh. and I'll, we'll open it to board comments. Uh, Vice President Suneros. Yeah, um, uh, thank you so much for the report. Um, I agree, I enjoyed reading it, and it was very digestible, love the graphs. <laughs> it's like, oh my goodness, 1,100 miles is the same as one hour of <laughs> gas-powered leaf blower, that's nuts. So anyway, so just um, really appreciate all the hard work, and um, congrats on the progress with a lot of these ambitious goals. Um, I know it's just a midway update, but um, yeah, it seems like a lot's been accomplished. Um, uh, this would be a public document as well as idea to um, have members of the public read this and for the yeah. annual report or, mm -hmm. the, yeah. or I guess this or the carp yeah. update mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, okay. Um, the reason why I asked is because um, there was like a few acronyms in here, like you said okay. BRIC, for example, and I didn't see that until the appendix, and it was like mentioned earlier in the report. Um, I guess that's like the, the building resilience FEMA grant, and um, even, what was it, ACI. <laughs> okay. um, so little <laughs> um, like acronyms here and there, maybe just like clarify. But other than that, very small <laughs> nitpicky thing in mind, but um, this is great, so thank you. Okay, any other comments? Okay, board member Sal. Uh, yeah, I also echo the, the, I love the graphs and the table makes it really easy to kind of go through and see that, you know, what the progress has made and what's what's on deck. Um, you know, going back to, to board member Ruiz's comments about the, the ordinance uh, being struck down on electrification, that's definitely challenging. And so I see the, the note here about, you know, exploring some other op options to encourage electrification and energy efficient measures, and I think that's, that's definitely you know something to continue to explore, and maybe there's a way to roll that up with with all the rebates that are available. Um, you know, I, I think as you mentioned, it's it's challenging to, I think, kind of from an educational perspective, folks aren't really aware of them, and then, you know, uh, when something breaks at home, it's like I need to fix it now type situation versus a, um, you know, oh let me take the time and find the new whatever sustainable or more energy efficient. So, um, I think that's that's definitely good to continue to explore. And I had one other comment, but I don't remember it, so I will hold that for now, thanks. Okay. Yeah, I just have some, some comments. Um, um, I echoed the disappointment regarding the federal appeals court case that struck down the uh, reach code provisions, but I think a lot of cities are probably following Alameda's lead. Um, I work in the Peninsula area, and I know Peninsula Clean Energy has recommended that all cities put their reach code on hold, you know. Uh, that's, so that's unfortunate, so I hope it gets resolved soon. Um, let's see, a couple of comments. Uh, um, really support the adaptation grant you're pursuing uh, with, in partnership with City of Oakland. I think the areas you've identified are clearly areas that are you know vulnerable to sea level rise, so I think that's really looking forward, so I hope uh, that grant will be successful. Um, I also applaud AMP for their, their robust rebate program. I gotta say, I took advantage of both the space heater and the, <laughs> and the EV grant, so that was is wonderful to have those incentives. Um, let's see what else. The um, yes, unfortunate about the federal grant that you didn't receive, but it sounds like with only seven cities in California or Sarah, seven jurisdictions receiving it, it was highly competitive. But um, you know, hopefully, the next round. Uh, it will be more successful. And then I had uh, just one minor suggested edit. Uh, under, under ferry ridership, I think you mentioned 10% uh, increase, um, and, it, and it does say that significant higher increase in Alameda, but I, you might, it might, when you first read it, and if you didn't read the transportation plan, you would have thought that you know Alameda only experienced a 10% increase, so you might at the same information that's in the transportation plan okay. that shows that in Alameda itself, the ridership increased like 37 to 42%. And, and I've noticed that too. So when I first read 10%, I go, wait a minute, there's gotta be more than that. The parking lots are getting right. are pretty full. So um, anyway, uh, I reiterate, uh, well-written plan, um, 
very informative, and the uh, city's making very good progress. Oh, I also want to say applaud the fact that uh, additional staffing has been obtained to implement this plan, because I think that's critical. If it shows the city's really committed to implementing these uh, resiliency and climate goals. So with that, oh, yes, board member Zaneros. Yeah, sorry. Um, I just, I did think of um, one more thing. Um, I think uh, Bike Walk Alameda also brought up the mode shifts um, comment about uh, VMTs in this report um, of revisiting that. I was just wondering if you had like a reaction to that. Um. Um, I apologize. I don't remember the specific comment from Bike Walk. Do you have um, in front of you? I guess right now, uh, this is on page 13 of the report. Um, uh, it's a, a it's a pending, I guess, this goal where we oh maybe it's more relevant. <laughs> Sorry, but um, it, it's encouraging employees to reduce commute trips by telecommuting. Um, and I think the goal, yeah, the comment is like how do we um, like further disincentivize um, car trips? I guess so. Um, I I was. Um as we're doing the CARP update, one of the ideas is to um, revisit our strategies. And I, I, this one is one in particular where it really focused just on telecommuting, as the, when you read the actual text of the VMT strategy, which seems a little bit um, kind of hyper-focused on one aspect of VMT. Um, so I agree with the notion that we should kind of revisit what that strategy entails, and I think there's some good suggestions here. Awesome, great. Um, yeah. Uh, you want to make a motion? I guess I'll make a motion, yeah. <laughs> so with our comments um, incorporated, um, we will make the motion to have the city council um, approve the plan. Okay, second and... Second. Okay, uh, motion by uh, Vice President Cenero, seconded by Board Member Sal. All in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? No. Thank you very Thank much. You. Okay, we're moving right along. Geez, only 8.15. Um, let's see, staff uh, communication. So uh, 6A, planning, building, transportation department, recent actions and decisions. Uh, there hasn't been uh, any uh, recent uh, zoning administrator actions um, and I believe you, you get copies of the uh, design review uh, approvals. Okay, okay, thank you. Moving on to 6B, or report on future public meetings, upcoming um, projects. Um, yeah, I think um, your first meeting in March, um, we might cancel, um, but we, we also might have uh, some other business to take up in terms of um, base reuse, um, and I also wanted to, um, in, in terms of just maybe an introduction of staff and their projects and their process. Um, they've got some new staff and um, new priorities that they're, they're working on. Um, so I'm trying to arrange that for you. Okay. So, question. Um, but on, on legislature, it said it was canceled. So is it canceled or is it not canceled? It's currently posted <laughs> well, on legislature as canceled. So. Is right. It not so, so, well, we don't have 
that's that's why I'm hesitant. Um, so um, we, I wanted to run that by you because if if you're planning not to be here, we we don't have any action items. Um, so that's um, we didn't have anything to notice, um, but we could still um, have a, a discussion item. Hmm. But if if that doesn't sound appealing, then we we don't need to meet. Is the date March 11th? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. March 11th. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I would if you have a meeting I won't be able to attend. I'm actually going to be at another planning commission meeting on the other side mm -hmm. of uh -huh. staff. So I would okay. if you have a meeting I would have to turn it over to Vice President Cineros. Yeah. I think we can cancel. Well, and, I yeah, I just want to leave it up to you because the last thing we want is one meeting can't gets canceled and the next one being here until 11 o'clock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we can balance <laughs> it out. Mm -hmm. And again, it's a, it, you know, we'll leave it up. You know yeah. the workload coming mm -hmm. in and yeah. Yeah. what ordinances we need to review. So yeah. it's up to you. Yeah, okay. Well, and, and I have some other material I can probably just share with you um, that's, you know, just more general. Um, so. I think we'll leave the meeting canceled then. Um, I also did want to ask if um, there were volunteers to um, uh, work on the inclusionary ordinance. Um, if we could form a subcommittee, um, that would be helpful or just appoint you know, a couple of members to join staff. As I mentioned earlier in my presentation, um, we do want to kick that off. So um, we could do that tonight, but we don't have everybody here, so we might need to just do that in March as well. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, I'll be working out the scope and hiring the consultant. Yeah, yeah. let's wait till the rest of the board members yeah. are here. But I'm willing to volunteer to work on that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. same here, but we need to be mindful of how many people are on the committee. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we will be, you know, it's the yeah, Brown we, Act that we yeah, will have we, to notice. We've got to limit so. it to just three mm -hmm. board members. So yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see the interest of the other board members. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it's worth um, socializing it over email. You mentioned you're putting an RFP on the consultant, maybe some info on the timeline and mm -hmm. all of that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'll do that. Okay. Okay. Any other uh, reports or you know, pending projects you want to bring us up to date on? Okay. Wonderful. Um, there was one project I thought of asking, but I can't think of <laughs> at the moment. Uh, so we'll just pass. Uh, seven, any board communications? Okay, all right. And now number eight, um, any other, any, I assume, any public comments? Should ask. None? Uh, I have no hands raised. Okay, great. So we are adjourned at uh, 819. Thank you, everyone. Thank have you. Good, good rest of your evening.